0: Welcome back to the Joy for Ministry podcast. Today's episode is part two of my conversation with Donna James. If you didn't listen last week, I encourage you to go back and listen. It was such a great conversation. Donna has over 40 years experience as a pastor's wife, as a woman in ministry, raising kids in ministry. She speaks at conferences and cares for women in ministry. You will not want to miss this second part. I start by asking Donna about friendships in the church. Take a listen. This is a topic that I find very fascinating to bring up with women because I will have, later in our interview, I ask, what are three things you would go back and tell yourself? That's my favorite question to ask. But I have had women say to me, do not have friends in the church. I would go back and tell myself, do not have friendships in the church. And then I had other pastors' wives who say, my best friends are in the church like i i don't agree with that and i have seen you do this so well with friendships in the church and i i've had a recent conversation with you about this Mm -hmm. um how have you navigated that and what advice do you give to other women in ministry about having friendships in the church
1: okay well i i'm going back to early days again our unique our our unique movement into ministry so here we are in the church's lay people I have best friends. We have couple friends and, you know, and I have girlfriends and now we're on staff. And then I hear somebody say, well, you know, and not, not from in our church, but I would go to a gathering and I would hear a pastor's wife say, Oh, you know, you can't have friends in the church. And I would be like, well, I remember thinking, well, what am I supposed to do? I go back and tell my friend, I can't be your friend anymore. <laughs> that, that seemed a little, that seemed insane. Harsh. Yeah. A little harsh. And, and I am, Uh, I just, I, I need people like I am a people person. And so I just was like, yeah, I'm just going to have friends. It's just how how it's going to be. And I do think that, and, you know, I mean, I've kind of run the gamut in, in friendships in the church, because like our very first church, it was because it was so small. I remember my first friend, she was older than me, although her kids were close to our same age. She had been a Christian for like her whole life, so different from me. But she was just who I needed um, because I I really grew with her, you know. And I and I can even remember her talking to me about things I was watching soap operas and you know. And she would she would put it out there to me and say, you know, I don't know that that's that's really going to get you. Into that spiritual place that you want to be, and she was always very good about it. She didn't just rebuke me, but um, so I, I think as I look through the, my friends in church and then into the ministry, is um, we just I, I think the friends are are just so important. Now they are so important for me, and I guess every woman you know where you know what you need. And I have, I've never had, like, I've got, I know friends, people that have had a best friend from elementary school, and they're still friends in their 70s. I don't have any friends like that. I've had, I've probably not had a lot of best friends, but I've had a lot of friends. Mm. And, and I think my friends have served different purposes in my life, and probably me for them. I think the most important thing of it is because I, I talked with one of the uh, pastor's wives that had said that, and I had a conversation with her, and I said, I, because they were talking about, well, find a friend in another pastor's wife, and so I totally agreed with that, but I said, but if I did that, I because when you're in ministry and you're busy at your church, as many times I would be maybe a gathering with a, a, you know, where there's a lot of pastors and wives together and say, Oh, we really need to get together. And then you would get, go back to your church and it'd be like, ah, and the next time you would see them six months later, you'd go, okay, well, you know, because life in your church has you busy. So if I didn't have friends in the church and I was expecting it from another pastor's wife, I would have, I wouldn't have the friends, you know, but, I think, so my comment was to her was, well, do you think that our, our parishioners, that their husbands have secular jobs and they have friends, do you think they don't ever get hurt? And because that's the big thing is that you'll get hurt. They'll hurt you. It's like, well, yeah, that's what we do. We do that to one another. And, you know, prayerfully in the church, we do it less, but we do things not, uh, not on purpose. Hopefully, for the most part, but um, I think you're careful about what you share. So I I I think that you can have your friends and can be very very close, and you can have intimate times in your relationship and share deep things in the Lord. I feel like the most important thing is that you always have to protect your husband and you protect your family. And I think where uh, ministry wives get in trouble is they think they can trust someone in the church with maybe some of the messy stuff of their life and home. And I think that's what needs to always be protected. But I've said that would need to be protected. If I had a job, if my next door neighbor was my best friend, I would right. protect my husband. I would protect my family.
0: Right. So
1: it doesn't change whether they're in the church or whether they're another pastor's wife or they're, you know, somebody at your workplace that you're really close with. So I think you navigate it, uh, in a way that you're, you, you're saying, you know, you're my friend, but I am, I'm not going to expose myself 100%. You know, hopefully that's, that's what you and your husband have together.
0: Right. And um, Yeah. I think sometimes we feel like to have a true friendship, we need to share every part of us. And we, we, in moments where we maybe let our guard down, sometimes we share something. And, you know, I think so much of ministry is we're trying to protect ourselves from hurt we're try- mm-hmm. or we get hurt. Some Something about church hurt, like, and people in your church that have hurt you, it just seems a little more painful. And I think I've seen women try to put up walls, myself included. Sometimes yeah. you put up a wall to protect yourself from pain. Um So how have you done that in friendships? Like if, have you been able to bounce back from hurt or, you know, have you put up walls or what, how have you worked through some of that?
1: Yeah, I think that, um, so yes, I've been hurt and yes, I probably put up some walls, but I I think because I just, I know my own heart and I know that how unhealthy that is. Mm -hmm. So, um, I've you know, so maybe there's a, you, you do a little bit of protection because I've said, I've had, I've had friendships. I had a, you know, a friendship in church that lasted, you know, that was like over 20 years. And then, um, some things changed in the season of her, you know, where the Lord was taking her the way where Lord took us. And I could have easily, um, you know, been hurt by it, but I had to look at it as, you know, I don't know when, why did I think that they would be with me forever, you know? Right. And so that's, I think that sometimes is, is not, um, you know, it's, it's not something that we should really expect, but I'm going to recommend two books, um, that one is John Bevere's book on the bait of Satan. I have,
0: okay. I've mentioned that for, that's a whole nother podcast. That's so good, but go on.
1: So on the spirit of offense. And then I just read another one called unoffendable by Brant Hansen and i would say i loved so so bait of satan because john Bevere is very intense and um so that i mean it was perfect timing for me when i read that um and because there was something that happened right after i actually laughed because i taught it for sunday school and it was just like man i learned so much from this book and then i walked into a spirit of offense like mm. something happened and i'm realized well you know what i didn't learn it teaching it i'm learning it now
0: wow
1: yeah i know so it, it took me a little bit to all of a sudden for that light to go on and went, went wait a minute um yeah i'm i'm learning now and i need to now do something so we are going to get offended we are going to get hurt and i and i think what you said is like we don't sometimes expect it in the church because because it's, we're, we're talking Christians. You know, my husband used to laugh. He used to said, he said, I didn't think ministry was going to be spending my whole time convincing Christians to act like Christians, you know, <laughs> but sometimes you feel that way. Yeah. we're but, people. Um, yeah. We're just people. And, you know, I'm sure I hurt people, you know, so I don't know. Sometimes I feel like, you know, I'm always looking at that someone hurts me, but I know that I have said things and I have hurt people and thankfully, you know, keeping communication and not walking in this spirit of offense is able to be able to release people. Like I can see this friend of mine. And so of course, you know, it's sad because we used to spend so much time together to now it's an occasional coffee together, but I can see her with real love in my heart. And um, so I, I think that is just you, how you do it. You have to forgive. And because I want to, I want to live a life of joy And if I don't forgive and I'm offended, then I get these, these barbs in me, you know, that they cut me and they scar me. And, um, you know, those are the things that the Lord, you know, I think if there's this example of Jesus who, if there was anybody that could have been offended, you know, on the cross, everyone except for John left him and then he's able to pray father forgive them for they know wow. not what they do and i and i think if we look at that in our relationships to realize people are they're they're in their own woundedness or kind of where they are are going to they react or respond out of their own personal grid or what what happened in their home that day or they just lost their job or they you know you never know what somebody else is walking through. So you just happen to be the brunt. You're just the end of the day of that. And, um, so I I think that's one of the things and I've, I've not always been super good at this, but I, 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 as I've gotten older, I feel like the one thing that I just don't assume anymore. I try not to like assume that what that person said is what I thought they said, Mm. ask them, you know, and it's not necessarily that i think you said this, or this is why, you know, kind of that whole, is that right. what you said? You know, I, I don't want to get into the clinical side of things, but just like, I just don't want to assume that, that, um, that what I'm thinking about it, because we know that the revelation, it says that the enemy is the accuser of the brethren. Mm-hmm. So whenever we go into an accusation place, then we know where that spirit is coming from.
0: Right my husband always says to me, assume positive intent. Yeah. Regardless he's, yeah. you know, don't, don't assume that they're attacking you or they're thinking he's like assume positive intent and it changes your whole perspective. I think what you said about offense is so good. I think it's such a trap that we could fall into that keeps us a little paralyzed in ministry and does, and we don't get to enjoy ministry when we're in that, walking in that offense. And I think it's something that's, it needs to be talked about more because it's mm-hmm. such a stronghold. And when you could become free of that, it's like what the Lord can do in your ministry is so much bigger than when you're trapped in this yeah offense. So I think that's so good. And that's such a big deal. So thank you for that wisdom on friendship. Um That really spoke to me. And I love that because I'm so bad at putting up walls. I tell myself, put up a wall so you don't get hurt, but I'm just, I like, like you, I love people. I love everybody's my best friend. And
1: (laughs) so the reality, the reality of it is, is that when we built those walls, that's, you know, that's usually, it's the wall that hurts us. And I think the truth is, is if we can walk in transparency and in love, then, you know, yes, there's going to be things that are misunderstood, things that, that happen, but I just, you know, I, I think that the at friendship and loving one another is worth it's just worth the risk mm, of so being good. hurt. Yeah. So
0: good. So what is something you and your husband have done well in ministry?
1: Um, well, I, I think the one, I think there's two things. I think we've loved well, we haven't loved perfectly, but I think, Everywhere we've been, I think people know that we love them. And it really is our heart. We, some, you know, times maybe we have to, you know, you have to work a little harder and kind of chisel through where some people are are in order to, you know, get into like their places of hurt. But I think we've done that. I think we've loved well. And I think we've lived transparent that um, again, what you see is what you get. And um, I, I think when you can do that in ministry, um i again i think you know transparency as it relates to you know healthy transparency you know my goodness don't get up into the pulpit and just you know regurgitate all the ugly stuff that you maybe your week was like so not that but i think letting people know that you've struggled or let people just i think just again living your life before you know, it's it's interesting. It's this paradigm or paradox, I guess, because we've always felt like, and maybe it's because how we came into ministry, lay people moved into ministry, didn't feel any different. And so we've always felt like the same, you know, when I'm in my Bible study group and somebody else is facilitating, or if I am like, we're just all girls just sharing life together. And I always you know, if somebody says something to me about, oh, you know, you're the first lady, or you, know, I'm like, yeah, no, I, I'm just, I, you know, I. So we really tried hard. We we've never wanted to be elevated in in ministry, and I think that has been. Um, again, I I kind of don't know really where that came from, other than I just think the Lord just gave us the freedom to be that and to walk with others alongside of not you know, not ahead. I mean, I, I totally get it. We're we are going to be looked at differently and there are going to be some expectations. I, I asked somebody the other day, they, they posted on Facebook a, a really good movie that they saw and really loved it. And so I said, oh, I said, what's it about? And the first thing she said to me, she goes, oh, well, there was a little language. So there was an expectancy that she wasn't, she didn't want me to watch it and go, oh my gosh, like, I can't believe that. So there is that like, oh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell my pastor's wife to watch this or whatever, because there is a point of like, there's a, there, they, they don't expect us to watch that. Right. So there is, there is some of that. So there is a level of I think of maybe how they want us to to want us to live right an expectation with that but I I kind of I kind of smiled with that um but yeah I I think that I think we did that well there was you know there's sometimes there's points it's like you know when you're begging somebody to pick you up at the airport and you're thinking about, wait a minute, where are all those people that stand in line to what do you need me to do, Pastor? I'll do anything for you. I'll Mm -hmm. take you you know. (laughs) So there was always some of that was like, but you know, I'd rather have the, you know, we're we are in this together and we just happen to do this full time. And but yeah we're we're just you. We're all making our journey to heaven.
0: And I think you've done that so well where you have been your you have shown that so well that you you love well, and you are like, we're we're walking with you. We're not walking ahead of you. Or we're up here, and i I think you guys emulate that. Mm-hmm. You know, even your husband, I know he has been a mentor to my husband um and your and your sons, yeah. you know, and just your husband has been there for my husband in in these times. It's not like I'm above you. it's I'm gonna come alongside you and I've uh, that just radiates from you guys so
1: and that's that's our heart too in this new position because it is really weird now to see Don in a you know he's more in an administrative role but then now he's in some ways pastoring pastors and like walking through some difficult times but same kind of thing more than anything that I hear him say I just want them to know that I'm on their side you know I I we're here to help. We're here to encourage. And uh, what can we do to Mm. to help you with that? So it's
0: so, it's so good. And I go back to that. Sometimes you say things and you do things and you don't realize it sticks with people. The last thing I remember your husband saying, this was a year ago, we were at Bethany church for something, maybe a year and a half ago. And he looks at my husband from a distance away. And he said to him, the mm-hmm. Lord wants to escalate you, but you have to go through some pain to get there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's a year and a half later. And those are the words that my husband and I will repeat to each other. Like he's the Lord is going to take you somewhere. He's going to, you know, but you're gonna, and it and it's so encouraging. So I think he's in the right spot for him. That's so, our prayer. <laughs> So reverse that question, what is something you struggled to get right?
1: Well, I would say that in probably still in some ways, and you probably relate to this too, you spend a lot of time with people. So a couple things is that I feel that um, you, you think everybody is like, should hear you and do what you say. Like, cause you know what? Like, all right, I've done this for this many years. And like, can I tell you? It's like that scripture that says these things are written. So pretty much you can avoid the things that Israel did. So you see what right. that, that did not work. So do this, this will work. So I think some of the things I struggled with is you'd, you, you'd spend hours and hours with people mm-hmm. and, and you would sometimes go, what is this all about? Because they come back not doing what you've asked them to do or, um, yeah, are just not finding that place, that breakthrough in their lives. Now you pray that somewhere along the line that you're going to, you're going to get a call sometime and they're going to say, all those times that you spoke this, it's, you know, it's finally sunk in. And it's like, you know, hallelujah. So I think struggle with that. And then also being able just to release people on their journey to walk it out in their way and their time. Um, because of my personality and I'm a um, you know, I'm a peace lover. And, uh, you know, what is, I think I did a brief thing on the Enneagram. I think I'm, I think I'm the nine, I'm like a seven and and a nine, but you know, I just, I want, you know, I'm going to be there to make sure, like, if you're having a problem and you're having a problem, I'm going to do whatever I can to get you together to resolve this problem. Mm. I don't like conflict. And, um, so I, you know, I think I, I would do ministry that way. And it would be hard for me sometimes to, you know, see somebody really going through a difficult time. I would just want to fix it. And then I would just kind of go, you know, I wanted to be the Nike commercial, just do it, right. just do this, you know? <laughs> and then it would be like, wait a minute, you know, like kind of evaluate your own journey and your own things that sometimes people didn't see. Like I can remember somebody said to me one time, you know, I just, you know, I want I want my faith to look like yours. And I'm like, yeah, but you don't even, you don't know what, what I've, what I've done, what I've walked through or my battles and my, my, you know, the struggles in the wrestling with God that got me here. You, if you're not willing to do that wrestling and you're not, you know, I think people sometimes see us and then they just, they think that this is just an easy, an easy step. I remember one time we had a guy in our singles group who wanted Phil wanted to be in ministry, you know, and he just would see Don preaching and he's, he looked at him and he goes, that's what I want to do. And Don said, well, I'll tell you what, let's start out. He goes, you be here an hour early before we meet. We make in those days, Kool-Aid, we make Kool-Aid, we pop popcorn, we set the chairs up. Oh, well, I don't want to do that. So, right. So all of the things that have, that are a part of the process as you, walk into this gift it's not just all about standing before people right and uh, so I've I've had to let go of Mm. of um, my expectations I think of where I want to see people on their journey and that it doesn't have to look like mine and um, I think that's been been probably one of the harder things for me Mm. because you know not everybody has been raised in in healthy environments and not everybody who's, you know, so everybody's is so different. And if God is going to give us the time and whatever it takes to, right, you know, then we've got to be willing to do that to one another.
0: Right. Mm. So my favorite question, you could go back and tell yourself three things when you started out in ministry, what would they be?
1: Okay. This one was a little harder too, because I have to go back a long ways, but Um, So number one, I put down, enjoy the journey. So here we are with that enjoy, because I, I think, and I think especially when you're a young mom and uh, like, you're just, all you're waiting for is for the next, like, okay. Um, And, and so you, you forget about, you forget about the steps in between that destination. And so if that would be one thing. So, I mean, if you think about a road trip now, my husband is a, he's a desk. He's he's not a big car guy. He just just doesn't get on the airplane and he wants to get there and get to the task of whatever he's supposed to do. I do like, I I can remember driving my kids to college and he'd look at me and said, I can't believe you're going to do that. And I'm like, I get, you know, I get 16 hours of their time. They can't go anywhere. They're (laughs) in my car, you know? So the journey for me was a blessing, even maybe they slept a lot of it, but still conversations. And, um, you know, even if you think about, you know, just the things in our, in our day to day, and sometimes it's, you know, even on the journey, you can, you can, there's a detour that you weren't expecting. It's like, you know, my cancer was a detour. That's not what, that was not the plan. That was not a journey I wanted to take, but, it was one I had to take. So right. did I, did I want to get on the other side of it? I did. I wanted to be cancer free. I wanted to look at that five years. And it was, it was easy. It was, it was in my mind. I wanted to project to that five. I made it five years. So I wanted right. to be five years ahead, but I knew that if I was five years ahead, that was five years of life that wow. I would have just not enjoyed Cause it was all about getting to that mark. So I, I think if I could go back I didn't do that as well as I do it now but um so enjoy the, enjoy the roadblocks enjoy the flat tires enjoy the sunsets enjoy the kids ball games and you know and enjoy even the season even if you feel like this deep sense of call like one day I want to preach mm-hmm. from the pulpit but today I'm you know I'm wiping my baby's dirty behind you know right so just be in the moment Because I do believe that is one of the things that is so important. You'll get to your destiny one day at a time. And if you think you want to leap it forward, you know, six months in one year, then you miss the things that God wants to do in you to prepare you for that, that thing that he's putting your heart to do.
0: That's so true. It's such a good word, even for me now.
1: So I think a lot of times, you know, in this day of a lot of, you know, prophetic words and things and calls, you know, on your life and stuff that it's easy to kind of go, well, how do I get there? And uh this, you know, this person said I would, I was going to be doing this and I'm, I'm not even close to that. It's like, well, if that's what the Lord has for you, trust me, you know, he got, he got Joseph second in command in Egypt, how in the world, you know, when it didn't, certainly didn't look like that was going to be his, you know, when his his brothers threw him in a well and he gets sold into slavery, you know? So, right. Yeah. Mm, That's so good. Um, Let's see this next one I put down. um, Yeah. To keep your heart open. I mean, I think we talked a little bit about that as it relates to, you know, whether it's friendships or whether it's just in aspects of ministry that, um, it's easy, I think sometimes to to go into shutdown mode or after you've maybe done something, you felt like, like, I don't know if you've ever done this, but sometimes I've, like I've shared and I, have in my mind's eye, I have this, like the women are going to flood the altars with this message. Mm. I just know it, you know, and then you give the call and nobody comes. Yeah. Maybe one person later in the week says, Oh, you know, when you, you know, you said such and such that touched me or whatever. And then, and then you, you second guess, uh, yourself and all of that. And, uh, so yeah, you just keep, keep putting one foot in front of, in front of the other, you know, sometimes you maybe have to hit pause, but don't push off, Mm. stay engaged.
0: That's so good. Yeah. Sometimes you have to hit pause. Just don't press stop.
1: You do. (laughs) Just don't, don't press stop. It's harder to get started again, you know, and, and for the most, most of the time you do, and then it's just harder. It's just kind of like that whole exercise thing, you know, why, Right. if you just keep on making yourself do it, but man, you stop that, you know, one day, two days, three days. It's Like it's, yeah.
0: Sometimes I'll do a podcast and uh, I'll, Lit, i'll do it and the next day or that night i'm like i was horrible i was awful and you have this self-loathing i'm never gonna do this again and then i'll listen to it a couple of days later and i'm like that was really great what yeah. th- this person said and, but as women we don't get the luxury of playing back what we yes we you know spoke in church or what the bible said was or what we said to somebody so we just live with that i was terrible they're gonna you know Um, whereas when you hear yourself back, you're, I'm not thinking, oh, I said, um, too many times, or I says, I'm saying, wow, Donna shared something so great. And it was on my podcast and I'm reaching women, but we don't get to play back. Mm -hmm. So we just think we are terrible, but.
1: the whole thing too, I feel like the Lord has said to me, I don't know how many times it's like, when is this, when has this been about you? You know, it's like like we get self-absorbed and you know, that whole navel gazing thing. And it's like, it's like, take your eyes off of yourself. Yes. Because, you know, the word doesn't return void. It, it's going to accomplish that, which I've set forth for it to do. Yes. So and It's me. such
0: a, it's a trap too. You, you get that. I'm not good at this. And then you, you put, you press the stop button yeah. and that's what the enemy wants.
1: So the other thing was, um, and this is, I think if I could go back, I, I, um, I don't think I have had or have had enough interaction. I think ministry ties you so much with other, uh, with the church that you lose sight of the lost people around you, your friends, friendship outside the church. I feel like, you know, when we, after we got saved and I think so we were so radically saved. I mean, our, you know, Don's story is drugs and alcohol and so many anger issues and stuff like that. And then, um, you know, I mean, I just, I walked the journey along with them and we partied and everything. So we got saved. It was like, Whoa, this is, you know, so we, we, we didn't so much lose our secular friends, but their lifestyle was so much different. So we walked away. And when we, I look back and I think we could have, they may not have ever gone to church with us, but we could have still had dinner with them, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, if I would look back, I would say, I wish that I had, had more interaction and found friends outside the church more.
0: Mm, that's good. That's really good.
1: So I'm praying for my neighborhood here that <gasps> it's been hard because summertime we were outside a little bit more and talking, but you know, now we're, you know, we're inside cause it's colder and we're not in one another's home. So I'm looking right. forward to the day when, when we can have people in our homes again. Right.
0: Yes, I'm looking forward to that too. <laughs> yeah. So what has been something that's been so rewarding about being in ministry?
1: Well, I have I have loved ministry and I have always, I've loved the local church. There's a lot of things that I love about the big stuff that's out there, but there's just something that I believe in the core of who Don and I've done in ministry is, is been about local church because it is, is, it is the nitty gritty of people's lives. And uh, so I've loved that. I've, I've loved doing that. I I love hearing people's stories, mm. you know, what, hearing what God has done for them. Um, I love God working and ministering and seeing people respond to the altar. Um, so that's awesome. I love have loved, we've been very involved in missions that has been just a huge part of the love of loving ministry and seeing that happen worldwide and making friends, missionary friends. And, you know, and that that was one of the things to even go back to our kids. Like my kids met missionaries. We had them in our home and, or, you know, other, other people just besides us that they got to interact with. And I think that's just really important. And um, I've loved doing this alongside my husband. You know, Mm -hmm. we, we always felt that I, I can remember, um, you know, sometimes people saying, and I've, and not that I, I've, I've, I want to do ministry. I want to, I love speaking at retreats and doing those kinds of things, but I never felt a separate call apart from my husband. Mm. When he was called, I was called and I was called to walk alongside him in this. And I've loved doing that. I don't have any regrets. There's not anything in me that feels like, Oh, you know, I wish you know I'd have had more opportunities to, you know, speak or do some things. And um, right, but I just have felt like we have been the team that God put together. in my husband and I is who He's called us to, to be in that in the oneness of who we are. We both bring just something right. you know different, and together it's it's just more, um, it's just broader. It's more-
0: on yeah, and more powerful. Yeah.
1: yeah, it's kind of like that, you know, that when two agree, like how right. when as ministers, you know, as husband and wives, that you agree together in ministry to walk alongside this to do right. that.
0: Yeah, I love that, and that's something that, and I've said this earlier in the podcast. My husband and I have just taken from you guys, seen your unity, seen how he draws from you and how you draw from him, and we that was something influential in us. And it has made us so much better in ministry because we're united, which wasn't always the case early on. So we are going to wrap up, but I just want to know somebody's listening and they're struggling to find their place in ministry and who they are in ministry and their identity and and all of that goes, that goes along with that. What would you say to that woman in ministry who feels a little lost right now?
1: Yeah, well, I think we're all feeling a little lost right now.
0: <laughs> That's very true.
1: When we moved, I actually thought it's like every time I'd start feeling sorry for myself that I moved away from friends and family and stuff. I'm, I'm like, okay, it's crazy for everybody. It's, it's not just you know, I'm not the only one going through stuff right now. That's so true. a little bit of that is happening. But as far as I think, church life and um, and finding that your gift and mm-hmm. I, I believe that your gift finds you. So. God is always true and he will make the way. And I think we just need to be patient in him um, moving us in it because it, it really is so much about the process of what we're going through that gets us. And it's, we don't always see that until we look back and go, oh, okay, now I get it. I get why I did, I couldn't just jump right in that. I remember Christine Kane she shared years ago about ministry for her like she was 8 years doing this um, youth alive in australia mm-hmm. she said i cleaned up after youth events i stacked chairs i made you know and so she she realized that there, there's so much that god wants to put in you before the anointing is on you mm-hmm. and if you walk too soon what's on us and we don't let god's character mold us into who he wants us to be. I think that's where we get shipwrecked in ministry because we haven't got that really solid place in who we are in, in the Lord. And we're not affected because somebody says something to us. Even if it's our husband, we feel like he needs to validate us more. It's just like, get into that place with, with the Lord and just keep what you feel you believe God has for you. And it may be not today. It may be 10 years down the road but you just begin praying into it and 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 honestly almost sometimes just like, you know, prophetically speaking over your life and take those scriptures and then let God develop that in you for for whatever that season is in. Um, I also really believe that our daily yes leads us to our destiny. Wow. So it's always like what is in your hand to do today. We Mm -hmm. often one and we want to look and like, well, you know, what's ministry going to look like? Am I, am I going to be, uh, you know, teaching or, you know, I, I don't, you know, I, I don't know because there's a lot of, am I going to, you know, I really would like to be a prophetic voice. I really would like to be using the gifts of the spirit more. And so all of that is like, okay, so what's in your hand today? Mm -hmm. How do you, how are you serving your family today? How are you serving your neighbors? How are you loving so I really do believe that your yes today, and then your yes tomorrow, it it can only lead you into God's purposes for your life. Wow. So um, I think, and, you know, and we talked about this doesn't mean that you're saying yes to everything that's being asked of you. But it's just that um, the yes to God, I guess that's what it is. It's not the yes necessarily to you know, Oh, you know, can you cook these people a meal? Can you teach a Sunday school class? Can you do the nursery? so it's not that it's right. not it is, it's just like, all right, Lord, here I am today.
0: Right.
1: And uh, Yeah. Cause
0: so, like you said, so much, we're looking to what we want to do one day. I want to do this, that we yeah. miss out on yeah. what is the Lord calling me to today. Those are some really great parting words. I'm going to have to re-listen to that after we end the zoom call. Cause those two things were so good. I want to use some of that just for the social media to put out there. That's so good.
1: Wow. This has been awesome. Joy. I think one thing, and I'd asked you uh, earlier on, if I, I just wanted to um, just mention, you know, we talk about friends and that's one of the things that's been amazing about ministry is I I've got ministry friends around the world and across this nation that I don't know. So they're different because they do, They do know us, you know, ministry friends know what it's like to be in ministry. So there is a connection that a person in the church isn't going to quite as understand as much. Right. But um, so my friend, Debbie Cole, her and her husband are uh, assistant superintendents in uh, the Northwest District in Washington State. So she's been a pastor's wife for a lot of years, but now she has a ministry of four pastors' wives in their in their network in the Northwest. And it's it's called Alongside Ministry, but she has a YouTube, um, YouTube videos, and there's quite a few of them. I think she's done like three seasons now, and it's called Off Script with Debbie. And she interviews other pastors' wives. She talks about the the things that we all talk about, and she's so fun and does it in a way. That, you know, we can laugh at ourselves and we can laugh at some of the things that we are, um, you know, that kind of we get stuck with. And so that, so because it really does gear to pastor's wives, that's kind of who these are for. Uh, so I think your, your listeners would yes. love those.
0: I'm excited. I'm gonna put that in the show notes along with some of the books that you talked about, Unoffendable and the Beta Satan. So I'm so excited to check that out. Those YouTube videos. That sounds
1: awesome. So well, I have loved this joy. I love Thank seeing you so much. Hearing, you know, I'm- hearing and even sharing our stories is just really good because it brings up things that just remind us of, you know, being in ministry is wow, what a privilege. What a right. And I, I think in just in closing, I know we've been a while, but just that if I have something that I really want to be- believe I would like to bring to our pastor's wives in the network or those that are listening and is that I would love to help change the narrative mm. that we speak about who we are as pastor's wives. I remember one time somebody saying, I would, you know, this would be great if, if it just wasn't for the people. And I'm like, wow, like, when you let the hurt get you to that place that this special place that God has placed you, that should be such a joy. And so, yes, I, are there things that happen in ministry? So I I don't ever want us to just avoid that and not ever be transparent and talk about those things. But I feel like we can get stuck there. That if everything that we open up when we share with an, with someone else is always, it's always about this. Well, you know, I don't know how to tell you this, but, You know, it's just going to be the roughest ride of your life. (laughs) Good luck. (laughs) Good luck with this, you know. So I would love to be able to begin. Again, I think it's that what my husband shared with your husband. You know, God is going to accelerate you. But now in that acceleration of what God wants to do, there's not a person that you're going to read in the Bible that found his place in what God has purposed for them without some of the hard knocks. And so if we look at those things and say, ah. You know what? That hard knock was probably something that needed to happen in my life because God said, until that is knocked off of you, you're not going to be able to really fulfill my purpose for your life. So don't look at this all this as being just so hard and negative, but embrace sometimes some of these, some of your story, and then build on and begin to say, what did God teach me in this? And that was that was really good. I, I no Psalm go ahead. 18, there's a scripture that I I had read when I was uh, going through the cancer, and it was um, it was it was good that I was afflicted that I might know your statutes, and that may seem like really hard, but that my affliction got me to God's word, and if we will take all of our afflictions, whatever they are, and it just drives us to the word and drives us to connect because. God is the only one that is never going to fail us. So and uh, let's carry this banner of the call on our lives with great joy and anticipation. Um right. cuz the enemy would want us to, he wants to take us out. He and does. we're we're going to resist that and we're right. going to yeah, not not going to happen.
0: Well, if there's anyone that I know that can say I want to change the narrative and God has equipped you I I mean, it's you because (laughs) even through this whole thing, you know, even when we got on, you said, I love the name joy for ministry. Um, that truly is what I'm trying to do. I, I want to be honest about the struggle so we don't feel alone. That's big, Mm -hmm. but that's only a fraction. What I'm really trying to do is saying, yes, we have been through painful times. My husband, I, we have said, you know, I have had that moment where I've said, I don't know if I'm called because I feel like this is too hard for me. We have been through that. But the joy and the love I have for ministry and serving the Lord is I would go through the pain 10 times over because it's so amazing. So I want exactly what you said, like we get stuck in the hurt. And so let's talk about the hurt, but that's 10% of it. Like the Lord wants us to thrive. And so I just through this whole thing and everything you've been saying, You, I I totally see you changing that narrative, being a part of changing that narrative, because you have just this whole um, conversation and through all the years of seeing you have just emulated that joy for ministry. You truly have. So let's do it.
1: Amen. (laughs) Thank you so much, Joy. Thank you
0: so much. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope that you are as encouraged and blessed as I was with my time with Donna. Hey, if you need prayer, please check out our website. You could submit a prayer request, joyforministry.com. You could email us, joyforministry at gmail.com. We love to pray for women. Also, check out our website for more resources on how we can walk alongside you and care for you. Please share this podcast, rate us, subscribe, and tune in next week for a new episode of the Joy for Ministry podcast.